This is Screen Facts with Jason Davis, episode 35. Remember, you can stream all episodes of the podcast at jasondavisvoice.com slash podcast. And don't forget, if you want to get in touch with us, you can like the Facebook page and leave your comments and questions there. It's facebook.com slash screenfacts. Tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Also, please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes to automatically get new episodes. Joining me this week is a voice that I always love to hear in my ears, my lovely and talented wife, Sue. Oh, thanks, honey. Welcome back once again. Why, thanks for having me. We are going to continue the holiday celebration yes, with we uh, are. another Christmas classic. Oh, yeah, I love this one. And we invite you to join us for this uh, before you strap in for the 24-hour marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it, TNT that does that? Yes, I think so. <laughs> so yeah, of course, we are going to talk about A Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out. Great movie. So much fun. Yep. You know what I love about this movie? Everything? Yes, but I love just the whole look of it. It's funny because it was originally released November 18th, 1983, mm-hmm. but it looks like a movie that was made in the 60s. Even though it takes place like in the 40s, I yeah, think. Yeah, 40s, right? Late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, you know, in dispute as yeah. to when it takes place. It's when little orphan Annie was on the radio. There's just something about it that just looks like an older movie, too. Yeah, it's, it does. The designers and the props people and everybody did such a good job making that home look like your grandma's house. Or oh, your yeah. Aunt Tilly's house or somebody's house. Absolutely. Yeah. The movie stars Peter Billingsley as Ralphie, Will Wheaton by the way, had auditioned for the role of Ralphie. Will, a few years later, would play the iconic role of Gordy in Stand By Me. Oh, that's cool. Melinda Dillon, Darren McGavin as uh, the old man. The interesting thing is that his name is never mentioned in the movie. Right, he's just called the old man. Yeah, and I don't think the mother's ever named either. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. And the mom and the dad never talk to each other and use their names No, when they kinda, talk to each other. It's kind of weird, right? So, A Christmas Story directed by Bob Clark. And I didn't know this, but Bob Clark was also the director of Porky's. Had he not had the success with Porky's, he would not have uh, gotten the green light for this movie. That's so, right. No Porky's, no Christmas Story. Yeah, exactly. So, it worked out really well. <laughs> the movie is based on the novel In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash by Gene Shepard. Uh, the novel is a collection of short stories written for Playboy magazine during the 1960s. Your favorite magazine, right? Oh, sure. <laughs> I have a stash of them under the mattress. <laughs> <laughs> the subplot of the mangy dogs constantly harassing the old man was actually taken from a different story of Shepherds. It was from a collection called Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories and Other Disasters. In that book, the character of Ralphie is about 17 years old. <laughs> that's great. I think it's cool that Gene Shepherd kept these characters going in other stories, yeah, too. Yeah, that's cool. It's very cool. That's cool. So Gene Shepard actually worked on the screenplay as well. He wrote the screenplay with Lee Brown and and Bob Clark, the director. Mm -hmm. And he also provides the adult voice of Ralphie as the narrator in the movie. And makes a cameo appearance in the line for Santa behind Mm -hmm. Ralphie and and, uh, Randy. And it's funny because I wouldn't have known it was him unless he spoke. Yeah. But when you hear, hey, kid, where are you going? The line starts here. He's a great storyteller. Yeah. Great storyteller and Mm -hmm. has a very distinctive voice for sure. And director Bob Clark also has a cameo as Swede, the neighbor who marvels at the leg lamp from outside. Oh, it's a major reward. It's a major reward. Oh, you say you won that. So they filmed the movie from January 14th, 1983 to March 24th. Director Bob Clark said that he worked with writer Gene Shepard for nearly 10 years on the concept of the movie before it was made. Wow. $4 million budget, and it's funny how this has become a real Christmas classic. Mm -hmm. 
Everybody watches it every year. It's, you know, the 24-hour marathon, mm-hmm, as yeah. we said before. At least once. You but watch it, it. it didn't make a lot of money. I mean, it, it, it made money. It, it grossed domestically $20.6 million. So it made money, okay. but it really wasn't uh, a big successful movie in the theaters. At the time, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I saw it at the movies. No, I don't think I don't a lot of people going. did. Well, having been released just before Thanksgiving, by the time Christmas rolled around, the movie had already been pulled from most theaters because it had been played out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after complaints were lodged at the theater owners and the studio, the film played on select screens until after the first of the year of 1984. Popular demand brought it back into the theaters, but yeah, it probably just never really had a chance to become a huge movie. Yeah. Holiday movies kind of do have a shelf life, though, in the theaters. Yeah. Hey, maybe they released it too early. Maybe they should have waited till December and it would have, you know, ridden out the holiday better anyway. Certainly releasing it in time for Thanksgiving is not a bad thing because people start to get into that holiday frame of mind. And a lot of holiday movies do come out in November, but certainly keep it in the theaters past Christmas. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that it was doing so poorly that they had to yank it. But some people were waiting until Christmas to go see it. Maybe. Maybe. You know, it's considered a Christmas classic, but mm-hmm. at the time, people weren't really sure about it. Peter Billingsley <laughs> said that a lot of major studios weren't really interested in a post-Depression era story about a kid who wants a BB gun for Christmas. And it's so funny because now I can't imagine Christmas without that story. And that's the funny thing about this movie. Honestly, I don't even remember this being in the theaters. I really don't either. And I don't remember it being even part of my consciousness until much later on in life. Yeah, like so, watching it on video, right? Yeah. It's, I don't, you know, I, I don't even remember the first time I saw it. I mean, now, of course, I watch it every year like everybody else. Yeah, of course. It's great. Yeah. You know, and it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe it just didn't have the right kind of push from the studio when it first came out. I don't know. I mean, even the cast said when they were filming it, they had no idea what it was all going to turn into. Yeah. You know, they were doing their scenes and just feeling like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, you know, it almost didn't get made at all. So I guess yeah. we should just be happy that this it, that it happened. Mm-hmm. Between the, the amount of time that Bob Clark and Gene Shepard spent developing it. Ten years. Yeah, it's pretty wow. amazing. It's pretty amazing. Wow. And then and Bob Clark also had to agree to make a horror film for the studio. Oh, wow. In order to get the green light for this. And, and that was with the success of Porky's. Yes. He still had to agree to do the horror yep. movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still blown away by that, that it's the same director. Yeah. Por- Porky's is a classic, too. I mean, it's a classic hmm? 80s comedy, you know, and it's great, but very different film. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is really a snapshot of a you know, time long ago. Oh, absolutely. You know, and every year when we watch it, we always end up saying, oh, wouldn't you have liked to live back then? It was just so such a yeah. simpler time. I actually said that when we were watching yeah. it in preparation for this. You know, I, I was like, man. So much easier, less information to, yeah. you know, process. Yeah. I mean, how they how did they get their information in the house? The newspaper yeah. and the radio. Yeah. I mean, I love technology, but it, it sometimes it can be overwhelming yeah. for sure. Yeah. This movie actually ended up being the inspiration for the creation of The Wonder Years on TV. Okay. Which makes perfect sense to uh-huh. me. It's I've... very, that's the same exact format, just yeah, sure a, a different family and a different story. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool though. Yeah. So would you say this is your favorite Christmas movie? That's a tough call. I It's definitely probably in like my top three or four. Yeah. You know, because I, I do love the classics like White Christmas and It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. But I also love Christmas Vacation. I love this. And now I'm totally in love with Four Christmases too. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's funny with the whole Star Wars hype and us wanting to do, well, I shouldn't say us, me wanting to do three it Star Wars. Him. <laughs> wanting to do three Star Wars episodes, you know, in, in preparation for the release of The Force Awakens. 
we really kind of shot ourselves in the foot as far as doing Christmas movies for the month of December. So we really only had, you know, a couple of weeks for Christmas vacation and now this. Yeah, I think so, these yeah. are good choices, though. Oh, absolutely. I think these are the two that are, are required viewing every year, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah, next year, Screen Facts fans, you can expect to hear uh, more Christmas podcasts. Oh, yes. Because there's so many great there's Christmas so many. movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, man, the wars, you know, we had to, we had to talk about the wars. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> no, it was fun. It was fun doing the Star Wars yeah, podcast. Yeah, it was. You know, with you and Tommy mm-hmm. and then doing the one with Gabe. It yep. was great. So to find an American city resembling Gene Shepard's hometown of Hammond, Indiana, mm-hmm. director Bob Clark sent his location scouts to 20 cities before selecting Cleveland, Ohio. The people of Cleveland helped out tremendously during filming, donating antique vehicles from every corner of the city to enhance the authenticity of the production design. They nailed it. The neighborhood looks mm-hmm. legit. <laughs> yeah. Um, the stores. The first thing you see... Um, they have, you know, a view of the town and then that kind of zooms into the store and the window with all of the, you know, the current toys for back then is just oh, so yeah. cute, you know, because there's the, the BB gun, of course, but there's, you know, Mickey Mouse. Yep. There's Wizard of Oz stuff. Yep. You know, there's the train. There's a Wizard of Oz reference in the parade even. Uh, that's right. There's kind of a little, not I don't want to say controversy, but it's either 1939 or like the early 40s. Okay. So and, before and we were at war. But after the Depression. Yeah. There's a calendar on the wall in the kitchen. Yeah. I tried to look and see. Well, based on that, based on the calendar and, and where the days fall, mm-hmm. based on the dates, oh, it would be 1939. Okay. But the decoder thing that he uses for the little orphan mm-hmm. Annie thing, yeah. that's 1940. And there's a baseball reference in there that's kind of completely off. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's all kinds of stuff that kind of makes it a little uh, ambiguous. Yeah. In, in terms of when uh, when what year this takes place. Yeah. But you know, 1939 is when the Wizard of Oz was in theaters. Okay. And there's that parade. Right. So that. And be there's the Wizard of Oz. For that. Yeah. There's the Wizard of Oz character. Yeah. So you figure it out. What whatever you think it is. You yeah. Know? Either way, it's just. It's cool. It's so cool. I mean, the house itself. I always chuckle when they go to plug the Christmas tree in and, you know, the dad goes and he's got the cord and he's going for the outlet. <laughs> oh, just one, one, one too many, you know, <laughs> but it's one outlet. Yeah. And it must be for the entire first floor because I'm looking at all the things <laughs> plugged in there and I'm thinking, how much stuff do they have? There's probably more outlets in the living room there, you know? but that's the one that's convenient. But it looks convenient. like there's 20 things plugged in there. Oh, yeah. It's, it's and crazy. Thinking, and that's, fun, that's a funny joke, yeah. too. Yeah. And I'm thinking, but they have a radio. <laughs> they have the lights for the tree. What else do they have yeah. that would plug in? That's true, actually. You know, that's a good point. I always wondered that. Yeah. With well, it's funny. Zone and they were ready to go. <laughs> it's funny how that, that same joke appears in Christmas Vacation, too, yeah, well, on a much larger scale, You can't though. go wrong with that. Yeah, no. That's great. So we were talking about the old man. Mm. According to director Bob Clark, Jack Nicholson was given the script and was very interested in playing the role of the old man. However, Clark didn't find out about it until later on, and the studio didn't want to pay Nicholson's fee anyway. Okay. He, he probably would have cost a fortune, <laughs> yeah. and, and they probably wouldn't have been able to afford it. Yeah, probably it, would have du- du- it would have doubled the budget. Yeah. 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 So regardless, Clark said that Darren McGavin was, was the better choice, and oh, he was yeah. born to play the role. Oh, and yeah. It's probably hard to argue that, because he's amazing. He's so great. He's got the grumpiness down and the the gruffness but then you know he is very lovable also yeah and they don't mention his name in the movie but according to the shooting script his name is revealed as frank hmm. no name uh, provided for the mom though mrs frank parker <laughs> is, is the is mr the and mrs frank parker yep. that's what they went by back then probably exactly <laughs> <laughs> i love the way the old man curses 
but it's not actually real curses. Right. It's all, you know, but it's actual words. Right. <laughs> and actually it became a classic for me, you know, when I sometimes really need to let a big one out, I will, I have been known to say, Hosticle Pfeiffer. <laughs> it's a good one. You're actually funny when you, uh, when you get steamed and you don't want to curse, you'll say stuff like uh, rats or crummy or... <laughs> Dang it. It's not that I don't want to curse. It's just that I never did. I know. I you know. know, and it's just a different, you know, it's a different way of talking. Listen, I curse, I curse enough for the two of us. That's true. You curse enough for the whole neighborhood, Annie. <laughs> I love to curse. <laughs> you know, so when Ralphie lets out, you know, the F dash dash dash, the queen mother yeah. of all curses. When he says, oh, fudge, except I didn't say fudge. say fudge. You know, and the dad gets, you know, he's got the shock looked on his face. Yeah. What did you say? Oh, that's what I thought you said. Get in the car. <laughs> you know what? You know what your son just said? What? And he whispers it in her ear and she's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then he's got the soap in his mouth, you know, and she says, you know, are you ready to tell me where did you hear it? And you're thinking, why would she not even know that? Of course, he got it from his father. Ralphie says he's an artist. He dabbled in profanity like others would dabble in, you know, clay or marbles right. or... Yes, you could weave paints. a tapestry of, of curse words. Yeah, that's hanging in the air over Terre Haute. Yeah, Terre Haute, the uh, birthplace of the Kiss Army. Oh, there we go. I got to get it in there again. I know I've, I've said it in a past podcast, too, for the jerk. Aha. Uh-huh. But uh, I have to, listen, you're going to uh-huh. say Terre Haute. I got to say I Bill Starkey and the Kiss you. Army. I set it up for you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate Anytime. that. Anytime. That one's for you, that one's for you Blazer. <laughs> So if you're keeping score, by the way, Ralphie says that he wants the Red Rider BB gun 28 times Excellent. in the movie. Well, persistence pays off, right? Yes. That oh. whole scene with, with Santa is great. Oh, man. Yep. I still don't know how he stops himself from going down the slide. Maybe it's kind of like, shoes, you know, his maybe shoes his, like, on the his, side of the slide. Yeah, and, or like his soles are kind of... And uh, he I don't scrambles know. back up. He's no, Yeah, no, no, he no, just no. hangs in there enough. <laughs> but talk about the most unpleasant store employees ever. You think? Come on, move it along. Come yeah. on, kid, the store is closing. <laughs> if, if the kids aren't going to be terrified of Santa, they're going to be I terrified know. of his elves for no, sure. No, those elf costumes, too. Oh my God. I mean, the hats with the... Like jesters. They're like jesters, but it's just the one and it comes over their face. Yeah, very so weird. So when they talk, it's... Yeah. You know, the bells hang in there. Very, very strange. They're so grumpy and Santa says, if he thinks I'm staying a minute past nine o'clock, he can kiss my boot. Ho, 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 <laughs> to the next kid. <laughs> But we can't talk about the, the, the Santa line scene without mentioning that really weird kid that starts talking to Ralphie. Oh, my gosh. I like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> he's got those goggles on. He's just staring at him. Ralphie's I think we like, all we all okay. have met that kid somewhere before, right? Oh. <laughs> In recent years, due to the film being such a holiday classic, the Daisy Rifle Company started producing Red Rider BB guns for sale during the Christmas season. Why not? And it's funny because even when Ralphie, you know, finds the package, you know, and the mom's, you know, and she's looking at the old man and the old man says, ah, I had one when I was eight. Yeah. So how long have these things been around? Or oh, yeah. Some version, you know. Absolutely. It's just a classic thing. I have to just stop there for a second. You're talking about like how, how the, the dad hides the, the gun yeah. behind the desk. Yeah. And Ralphie doesn't think he's getting it. Yeah. I had an experience like that when I was a kid. too. You did? Yeah. What was it? Yeah, this is one of the few fond memories I have of childhood. Aww. There's not a lot of them. Well, do share. Yeah. Um, I remember when uh, when Dan and I were kids, mm-hmm. we lived in Wayne. I think we both really wanted bikes for Christmas. Okay. So I remember Dan coming out into the living room with his bike, 
And I went, you got a bike? I didn't get a bike. And my dad was like, well, look over there. And there was a, just the, like one of the wheels was like sticking out from like a blanket or something. Uh-huh. I said, you got dad a bike and all I got was a tire? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my, and then of course it was a full bike. But Aww. I just remember like how cool it was a Huffy Barnstormer that I okay. had. Okay. Nice. It was a white bike. Mm-hmm. There might be somebody listening to this that, that remembers what a Huffy Barnstormer looked like. But it was like, you know, a white bike mm-hmm. and it had like a cool plate on the front mm-hmm. with the Barnstormer logo or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was how I learned how to ride a bike. Oh, cool. I had training wheels on it. Mm-hmm. And then I had one training wheel. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> after I kind of got used to it. Mm-hmm. And then it was time to, you know, to go for it. And yeah, you know, you got to fall down a couple of times. That's right, yeah. Aww. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah. Scott Farkas. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. For how many years did I think that kid's name was Scott? You know, it's one of those things that makes perfect sense because who the hell is named Scott? I don't know. I It wasn't until, you know, I saw the name in the credits and I went, Scott? Scott. Scott. Yeah, Scott so Farkas. weird. Yeah, that was Zach Ward's film debut. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When his character first appears, the wolf music from Peter and the Wolf, plays in the background. Oh, Prokofiev, very nice. Yes, yes. Adding in some culture there. There's a reason for that, though. That's right, because the word Farkas is derived from the Hungarian word for wolf. Aha! Aha. And he always has what looks like a wolf's, the hat always kind of looks like a wolf's head, sort of. Yeah, that's true. And he's preying on the kids. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's the the ultimate bully. Oh, my God. Yellow eyes. So help me, yellow (laughs) eyes. (laughs) And his little toady Grover Dill. Oh, my God. He's tiny. Yeah. He's so tiny. (laughs) But he just struts around. Who's next? Of course. He's got the uh, the muscle of of Scott Farkas behind him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I love how they use the running back and forth. You know, yes. Sped up to you know show the passing of time mm-hmm. in the month. You know as they get closer. To and what did I say when we were watching? Oh, look, it's a Sue Davis chase scene. Because <laughs> every kid show that we've done for uh, Studio Playhouse, mm-hmm. you put in a, a yeah. chase scene, and it's something like that. You, you gotta know? have a chase scene. Oh, it's fun. Oh, and remember they said that they had to bring in the snow. Yes. For the scenes. Yes. But, um, for those alleyway scenes with the running back and forth, that was actually detergent. That's crazy. Yeah. And according to Peter Billingsley, the uh, nonsensical ramblings that Ralphie exclaims when he's beating up Scott Farkas were scripted word for word. Wow. That must have been fun to learn. Wow, could you imagine? <laughs> hey, Joe Ferrero, there's another good acting monologue for you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because, you know, when he snaps, he's so sad. Yeah. You know, because that's when he's gotten the C plus on his theme. Yeah. He's like, he's already reeling from that. Yeah. You know, he says, you know, he was in school. He's surrounded by kids who are going to get what they want for Christmas. Yeah. And the teacher even says, you'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. Oh, oh. (laughs) And he's just, you know, he's, you know, droopy dog walking home, you know, and then the snowball gets him in the eye. And Peter Billingsley's such a good actor. He really is. Really, really, really. I mean, there's not one single scene that you didn't believe. Yeah. And I mean. 100%. It probably wasn't hard for him to muster up whatever emotions mm-hmm. he's showing in that mm-hmm. scene because if you get hit in the face with something, oh, yeah. even if it's you know it's coming, yeah. that's got to really and he gets strike it. a nerve. That's, that's real. That yeah. really looks real. Yeah. You know, so when he you know tackles him and starts beating him up, you're like, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden you realize <laughs> what he's saying. Yeah. And all the kids are going, oh, did you hear what he said? Yeah. Your mom's coming. Your, your mom's, mom's coming. Your mom's coming. It's great. Aww. That's a great scene. Yep. There's so many iconic scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. When he first starts daydreaming about having the gun, (laughs) 
and he's uh, dreaming that he's going to protect his family. Yeah, from the bad guys. Yeah, it was Black Bart or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny how like the, the bad guys are climbing over the fence, mm-hmm. and it's really weird, yeah. that scene. Yep. And then he's shooting them all, and then when they're stacked, they, there's a pile of them <laughs> at the end of the scene, mm-hmm. and they all have X's over yep. their eyes. <laughs> I love it. You know, I was thinking about that because, you know, that's the scene that he imagines, mm-hmm. the scene where he comes home blind. Yes. He imagines that too. From the having soap in his From mouth. Soap poisoning. <laughs> and um, <laughs> oh, what brought you to this lowly state? <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> you know, but, it, but and it's so overdramatic. And, he, oh, you know, Randy awesome. comes around and he's hugging the front of him. And, <laughs> and then the scene where the teacher gives him the A plus in his fantasy. Yes. She's writing, you know, doing the pluses on the wall. Yeah. I love the fact that you can really tell that those come from the imagination of a nine-year-old boy. Oh, yeah, totally. As opposed to the regular storyline. Right. Because who else would put X's on the dead bad guys? Exactly. You know, a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> of course, the, the greatest scene, though, or one of the greatest okay. scenes, is Flick's tongue sticking oh, to the flagpole. Yes. What is the breach of etiquette again? Schwartz, uh, he committed a slight breach of etiquette <laughs> by going straight from the double dog dare to the triple dog dare. Right. He's, yeah. He bypassed the uh, triple, triple dare. dare. Yes. Okay. He went straight for it. And everybody reacts. All the kids are like, oh, you see what he did? And he's even got a look on his face like, yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. That's right. So funny. <laughs> so the way they accomplished that, mm-hmm. by the way, is that there was a, a hidden suction tube that was uh, used to safely create the illusion that his tongue was frozen to the yeah, middle. Yeah, because it's got to be really stuck there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he pulls away and yeah, you can't have and it. you can see the tongue stretching out. Yeah, and, and it's really, you know, that. it's so funny. Thuck, thuck, thuck. Don't let me come back. Don't let me come back. That kid's great too, Scott Schwartz. Yeah, yeah. He was in The Toy with Richard Pryor a couple years. Okay. Actually, you know what? He might have been in The Toy before this movie, like a year before this. Okay. And then he did another movie called Kidco, okay. where he's like um, a CEO of like a company, I think a fertilizer company or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm remembering that now, because I have no life. <laughs> uh, I'm a keeper of useless information. That's why I do this podcast, That's, honestly, because I love this kind of trivia. The facts have to come from somewhere. Yeah. I mean, most of them come from the internet now. That's okay. That's okay. But I mean, there's, you know, there's stuff rattling around my head, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that noise was. Yeah. It's the trivia rattling around. <laughs> Flick's tongue is all wrapped up in gauze. He's drooling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So great. I have to admit, I still think one of my favorite scenes is um, the daddy's going to kill Ralphie. Oh, yeah. When Randy's under the the sink. He hides under the sink. He's crying. (laughs) He's crying. And the mom, you know, just says, you know, you're going to come out of there? And he shakes his head, no. Do you want a glass of milk? He shakes his head, yes. <laughs> you know, so she just goes back. And the way she handles that's so good. She totally has Ralphie's back. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. That's what moms do, though. That's right. You would do the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, dad. the dad comes home. He's sitting at the table. He's reading the paper. And it's time for dinner. So she goes and opens the cabinet. And Randy comes out. And the dad just shrugs his shoulders like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's perfectly normal for him to be hiding under the cabinet. Yeah. Yeah, this movie, you know, it's no wonder that this this has really stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, it's great story writing. Gene Shepard is a genius. Mm-hmm. The characters are insanely developed. Oh, well, amazing. Yeah. And the performances are all terrific mm-hmm. from from everybody, the yeah. kids, the adults. Yeah. It's just it's just great. Very well done, well directed. It's it's a classic. Yeah. It has die-hard fans. Most I'm people one. watch I it. Love yeah, it. absolutely. I mean, we watch it every year, but I mean, there are fans who really go all out. 
to show their love for this movie. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a, a behind-the-scenes documentary called Road Trip for Ralphie that follows two mega fans on a two-year quest to locate and visit every location used in the movie. I would love to see that documentary. Me too. I got to see if I can find it somewhere. Oh my gosh! Could you? Two years. <laughs> what fun! Yeah, I mean, it's, oh, they you must know, had such a good time. Along the way, they uncover Miss Shields' chalkboard from a dumpster. Nice. Discover all the movie's costumes hidden in a Toronto <gasps> warehouse. <sighs> track down the antique fire truck seen in the movie and visit <laughs> the forgotten location of the actual Chop Suey Palace. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool, and also. Uh, in 2005, something pretty cool happened. The original home at 3159 West 11th Street in Cleveland, used for the exterior shots of the family home, was put up for auction on eBay. I don't know how I missed that. An avid fan <laughs> of the movie, Brian Jones purchased it directly from the seller for $150,000. He then spent the following year restoring the home to the way it looked on screen. The exterior was completely restored, and the interior was renovated to match the interior of the home shown in the movie. Parts of the interior were actually filmed in Toronto in a studio, too. Okay. Well, that's okay. We'll allow that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on November 25th of 2006, the home finally opened its doors as a tourist attraction. That would be fun. I would go. I think we should go. I don't know. There's not a lot of reasons to go to Cleveland, though. <laughs> this? This would do it for me. <laughs> Jones spent close to 500000 in preparation for this grand opening. Wow. You know, well, he got such a good deal on eBay, I guess. Yeah, I you guess know, so. <laughs> some money put aside. In addition, he also purchased the house next door and converted it to a gift shop and museum dedicated to the film and the house. So if you go on Google Maps, you can see pictures and a street view of the house. Very cool. <laughs> that is a real fan right that there. That is, wow. That hopefully, was so much fun. Oh, yeah, totally. And hopefully he's made his money back and then some yeah, at this hopefully. point. I mean, 2006, you know, that's, that's a while ago, mm -hmm. so. The people that were in this movie, I don't know if a lot of them have gone on to other things, really. Yeah, it's true, because you don't watch the movie going, oh, that's so-and-so from such-and-such. Right. Such. But Peter Billingsley, he's gone into more of a behind-the-scenes sort of position. Uh -huh. He's producing movies. He, he produced The Breakup in mm -hmm. 2006, Four Christmases in 2008, okay. and Iron Man, the first <laughs> Iron Man in oh, 2008 okay. as well. I think he's pretty good friends with Vince Vaughn and or John Favreau, so okay, he's probably involved in say, a lot of their yeah, movies. Yeah. In 2012, he co-produced the Broadway musical version of A Christmas Story. Oh, boy, yeah. And he also directed the 2009 film Couples Retreat, which both John Favreau and Vince Vaughn are oh, in. That's right. Which we, we actually enjoy that movie. It's not the greatest movie ever, but the location. Oh, my gosh. It's, it takes place in Bora Bora. And it's just that's why I watch the movie. It's beautiful. Hello. Yeah. Hello it's a fun movie. <laughs> it's a fun movie, yeah. too. But yeah. uh, but it's worth watching just to see the, the beauty of Bora Bora, quite yeah. honestly, and, especially um, on Blu-ray. That's right. Oh, my gosh. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Auntie has a cameo in Four Christmases also. That's right. He's the ticket agent. The ticket agent. OK, mm -hmm. cool. And it's funny because, you know, I see him and I still go, oh, look, it's Ralphie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he kind of sort of looks the same, just, you know. Oh, like, those eyes. Yeah, He's I mean, still got exactly. those bright blue eyes. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you saw him walking down the street, you'd be like, oh, my God, it's Ralphie. That's Ralphie. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Any other scenes you want to talk about? How about when <laughs> Ralphie is decoding, mm -hmm. and it turns out to be the be sure to drink your Ovaltine, mm -hmm. and Randy is, you know, pounding at the door because he's got to get to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> Did you ever notice the transition to the next scene? Because um, he goes out... Randy comes in, drops his pants, you see his long underwear, he lifts up the toilet seat. Mm -hmm. The very next scene is 
Ralphie lifting the lid off of the red cabbage in the kitchen. Oh, wow. It's a very direct <laughs> lift, lift. You can't talk about a Christmas story without talking about the Bumpus's dogs eating the turkey. Oh, I know. And, then, you know, and he's and, so excited for it, the old man. Oh, yeah. He's picking at it and she's telling him, don't eat it now, you'll get worms. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And they end up at the Chop Suey Palace. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a Christmas. With the, was it a goose? Yeah. Oh, that's supposed to be a duck. A duck, yeah. But it looks like a goose to me because the neck is super long. Oh, true. Yeah. And when he, it's smiling at me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shop. Yikes. Yep. And of course, I forgot to mention the uh, the bunny outfit too. Oh, that's <laughs> right. From his Aunt Claire. Oh, God. For all those years, she labored under the delusion that not only was he, what, five years old, but he was also a girl. Right. <laughs> he looks like a deranged Easter bunny. <laughs> Peter Billingsley uh, still has that. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. That's a cool prop. He has it. I think he says it's in a box in his mom's attic. Okay. <laughs> Don't throw that out. Well, I think that's about it for a Christmas story. So thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this or other episodes of the podcast, make sure you tell other people you know. Help us spread the word about Screen Facts with Jason Davis. And thanks to Kim'sVoice.com. Remember, it's K-Y-M-S-Voice.com. And uh, have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy the holiday season. Be safe. Enjoy your eggnog, your crazy relatives. Hope you get all the presents you want. And don't shoot your eye out. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.